0: Hello and welcome to the Practical Leadership Podcast where I interview great leaders and try to extract their wisdom and their experience for you to learn from and hopefully avoid making their mistakes. If you want to upgrade your leadership skills in 25 minutes, check out practical-leadership.academy. Tom Lavery, thank you very much for joining me.
1: Hey, Paul, great to be here. How are you today?
0: I'm cracking. All the better to have you on board. All the better. Now, awesome. I want to go back in time for just a tiny bit here. Now, you founded Gemini about six years ago. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you started off in health clubs. So 20 whatever it was, years old at university. There you were running mm-hmm. health clubs and being a manager there. And I, mm-hmm. it didn't sound like you got very much in the way of help learning how to do what you needed to do there. It's mostly an experiential thing. Moved from there to being a sales leader on some benefits mm-hmm. and reward platform for a while. And now mm-hmm. you did a grand job there, built out a team, started selling yourself, built, built out a team, went on the whole private equity mm-hmm. journey for a few years, expanded that into Australia, expanded it into the US. You moved to New York City, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then ended up with like well, over a hundred people in sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that was then where lightning struck and you had the fabulous mm-hmm. idea for Gemini being that you were trying mm-hmm. to be this global sales leader and couldn't really see as we all struggled you always struggled mm-hmm. to actually have this view of what's going on you Yeah. came up with Gemini mm-hmm. so going back in time what point did you first become a people manager?
1: oh that's a great question to start I think um I think it didn't start with management with me. It started with leadership. Oh, go on then. Tell more. I started with playing sport. So I think if I look back at like playing football, like 13, 14, 15, playing men's football, county League, you know, it's about being a leader on the pitch or one of those leaders on the pitch, Um, communicating, talking to people, making people feel good, getting people back up, you know, so people management for me is a work in progress and I learned behavior. Um, uh, and I'm always like with anything you're constantly trying to improve, but I think it started with leadership. So I knew how to lead because of sport. I didn't know how to manage. That's a whole different ball game. <laughs> so.
0: Do you know, it's, it's an interesting thing that I've, I've been saying that sometimes you, you need, you need to learn how to manage before you can become a leader. But that's almost mm. intentionally when you're trying to become this leader. Because so many people say, oh, I need to be an inspirational yeah. Steve Jobs type. I uh, son, that's not going to happen. It's just not, <laughs> right? If that's you, that's great. Mm. But most of us, that's not the case. Most of us are, you know, just trying to get stuff done. But you're doing mm. it the other way around. You came across it from, you're out there in the pitch of the peeing rain, trying mm. to get people to actually lift their feet off the ground out of the mud and, and score goals.
1: Yeah, well, you, do, you know, it's kind of like the old analogy really of being a player coach, right? You're in it with them. You're doing it with them. So I think that's how I started off in people management. Like I would be very much in the weeds of them leading by example. Cause that's all I knew. I didn't know any other way. I didn't have a, a BA honors degree in this, or I didn't go to uni. I just worked So, you know, I didn't have a, a textbook way of people management. I just do what I <laughs> did, what I knew, which was to lead you know but everything else kind of evolves over time and you learn from experience
0: you know i was having that chat with my my daughter actually she's just going um. in, she's just applied for uh she's 11 right so it's a job oh. application okay big job okay. application. she's okay. just applied to her to her school to be the sports uh captain she loves her football yeah so she wants to be a sports captain. She was trying to write down all this stuff about, you know, what I can do as a leader and that. And she came up herself by saying, you know, I'm going to help people who are good at things get really good, and I'm going to help the people who are not so good actually just like it. I'm thinking, oh my god, she's 11. Not a bad. <laughs> That's mate, that,
1: is, that is amazing for a 11 year
0: old. Why is Why is she was a smart cookie? I, I, I take yeah. all the credit, of course.
1: yeah no, of course, yeah. Right. <laughs> but so.
0: At what point then did you realise that this whole leadership gig um, needed more to it than just character? Because you come across as a, quite a charismatic chap.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, you know, I guess it gets to the point where you need to get stuff done. So, you know, that... that that kind of leadership will only take you so far, you know, cause then you've got the process around it, how, how you make people feel, you know, all the different types of, uh, situations that come up. Um, but yeah, I, I just felt after a period of time that you, you had to duck, you had to do much more around, um, listening, understanding, and then you've got the whole situation where every. Every person in your team is different. They respond differently. They behave differently. They need different things. So, And then, of course, you've got to deal with different situations. So people who are performing aren't performing. The the, the difference is uh, a football match is finite, right? It has a start and it has a finish. And business is generally infinite. So it's constantly going and moving. So even though there is lots of things that are the same in sport and business, and you can make lots of good analogies to it, they are very different in that way. Um, so you're not defined by, oh, it's finished and, you know, we did this today and, you know, it's a constant moving feast. So you do have to approach it in a different way.
0: Infinite games are finite games, isn't it? Game mm-hmm. games say. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't claim credit for that. It's a Simon Sinek book. It is, uh, a good one. Yeah, yeah, course.
0: Cool. <laughs> so, I mean, there's the, the uh, what do they call it, the golden rule? Treat people mm. as uh, you want to be treated. It's not quite right. I think it's a misinterpretation. It was it's do unto others as you would have done unto you, which really means treat them as they want to get treated, not as you want mm. to get treated. Just kind of
1: turn it the other way around. Well, it's interesting you say that because one of our company values is to be kind. Right? They all have, have adjectives in front of them but you know it's use of language is so important all the time you know it treads a very thin line between saying one thing it's all how you say it and when you say it you know not necessarily uh you know what you're saying um but making sure that you say you could say a really simple example is i've got to have a difficult conversation with that person next week or you could say i've got to have a really important conversation with that person next week same thing just mm-hmm. Very different, and that's coaching, right? That's coaching yourself. um Different mindset, mentality. Because if I have a really important conversation with that person, they're going to un- understand how they need to get better, or how they need to improve, or we need to make a change. You know, so it's all about that. And even though it might be challenging, it's important. But it's all about how you do it. You can do it in a be kind way, even though it might not, might not be something you're looking forward to for X, Y, Z reason.
0: You know. I love changing things up. I, like, I love the framing that that sort of subtlety puts around. I mean, it's very persuasive language. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not going to take credit for that either. That's my wife, Shelley, who's <laughs> a very big, uh, she coaches me a lot. and very uh, good coach generally. So like if I was having, you know, they're important conversations, not uh, difficult conversations. That's something, you know, uh, it's all that use of language.
0: I do like that a lot. Hmm. What then, if you were having to give advice on somebody who was taking on a management role, leadership role for the first time, what would be your first aid for them?
1: So I thought about this in terms of, you know, There, there's two sides to it because they have to do you you know what actually there's process and then there's listening to people and it's always a balance right of going right this is the way we want to do things and this is what i'm hearing you and this is how we need to change and adapt you know so you've got those two sides of it probably the biggest thing or the biggest value i add still now is simplifying things the biggest mistake I see in management, business, leadership, product, sales—you know, anything—we as humans, we are fantastic at overcomplicating things. Oh, to the nth degree,
0: yeah, you know. plating stuff like crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, it's just you know, it's in, inherent in in most people. So it's not, it's not, it's just the way people are generally. But you know, if I was saying my one bit of advice is just simplify everything. Home. And it will, get, it will get you a lot further. But well, you could write out, well, these are the steps I think there are in the, in the sales process or, you know, the product delivery. But, you know, you probably think, well, could I cut out, you know, 60% of them? Do I actually need to do that 60% of it today? Or do I just need to do this and see how it works? Because the bigger the project, the bigger the task, the more steps, the longer it will take you to find out if it works or not. You know, just generally. So keep stuff simple and iterate and then it tends to tends to help
0: that I mean that's not a necessarily intuitive point mm-hmm. in the fact that yes you want to simplify but why do you want to simplify okay t- it takes less time Yeah, it's great it takes less time but what does that then mean and i love second and third order effects
1: mm-hmm.
0: again you're trying to teach your kids you know you have a reason for something but then you've got the reason for the reason for the reason mm-hmm. or the subsequent consequence of the consequence of the consequence mm-hmm. and you said it number one you get it done faster but number two is you get to test it, and that, from your point of view as a leader of a, a very fast-growing startup, is you you test things, you experiment all the time, and the fewer steps, the more iteratively experimental you can be with those fewer steps, and the less complex that is.
1: But p- people have a perception: oh, I'm going to do this, and it would just work. Yeah, that's fine. Like, I like that. <laughs> no, but like it's just natural. Again, it's like, oh well. We spent this long doing it, so it must be right. Well, maybe not. Maybe you've got to throw it all away and start again. <laughs> not always, but mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you just got to, you know, do that in certain situations. But again, uh you know, that comes of time and experience and understanding. You know, because if you, oh, this is an old one of my old, not many things stick in my head from school teachers, but this. Uh, design and technology teacher i had called dr Nap. anyway those names are relevant uh, it it's basically like measure twice cut once and even though you're working at speed and you're growing in a startup or a scale up you know you can always measure twice cut once because if you if you if you implement it and it's wrong the claw back and the you know everything is so measure twice cut once even if you're going fast
0: <laughs> i like that as well that's really good dr Nap. there you go <laughs> Yeah, I had a, yeah. a chemistry teacher. I, I really, I'm sure he's dead now. He's, he's, he was very old when he was a chemistry teacher. All your teachers are old, weren't they? All my teachers were old. You know, I, it could have I been like twenty fives. You know, <laughs> but my teacher was a, a chap called uh, Richard Dick, and of course, he was the head of chemistry. And on his door, for God's sake, on his door he had a. I was, it was Anthony. No, wasn't it? i been that against. I was Anthony Dick head of mm. chemistry and of course on his door he had a deck head of chemistry somebody should have told him yeah
1: that's uh yeah especially with school kids you're asking for oh, it.
0: miserable we mm. must have made his life miserable I'm sure I did and mm. um, you are a sales leader at heart that was your core before you got into doing this and it's, it's the, the 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 be all and end all of Jiminy is to make sales leaders lives better but it's a hell of a piece of kit by the way I've recommended mm. it to all the folk that I've worked with so Oh, yeah. I will to ask you for any commission.
1: But certainly, big-ass oh, big,
0: big yes. ass plug here. Go, go see Jiminy. Mm-hmm. Go, it's a brilliant, brilliant piece of kit. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you can search for things. I love that. Inside, mm-hmm. a, inside a call recording. It's a yeah. Absolute genius idea. Building a sales team, a high-performing sales team, mm-hmm. because you can measure it, I think sales is. Sales teams are the most measured, the most, the most put upon of most or, uh, parts of an organization. Mm-hmm. What did you learn most from doing that repeatedly in different places in your career? What's the biggest takeaway you did from having from building that?
1: So the biggest takeaway from
0: building those teams building- repeatedly. Um,
1: so. I you have to do that, it again. You, yeah. yeah yes. Well, it's, do you know what? A lot of it, <laughs> I sometimes joke that I'm a parrot. Like I'm constantly repeating myself. So there's people have this illusion. I write it down in a document, could be playbook, confluence, Google Doc, whatever, you know, whatever your tool of your choice is. But that's only half the journey. You know, it's about communication, uh, talking it through. People learn by doing. Uh, They learn by, you know, osmosis in the moment, you know, so just generally it doesn't matter what they are. So, yeah, you know, you've got to hire well, you've got to train well, you've got to coach well, you've got to reinforce all these things again and again, keep simplifying the process, keep iterating the process. So, you know, those things are just like, you know, the knowledge and effort that you need to put into someone to make them great is a lot. It doesn't you don't just you know hire people you know put them through a process and they pop out being great you got to invest time and energy in making people great um and a lot of people are scared of doing that don't know how to do that think they don't have to do that you know but that that's it you've got to invest time and energy in maybe making people great personally
0: <clears throat> so I mean, you said it there again, simplification, how to simplify How mm-hmm. to keep things, how to break it all down, make it as easy as possible for everybody to understand, to test, to mm-hmm. date. Okay. Was there a, a mistake or an event that you learned most from on this journey?
1: Well, as many mistakes as there was, things I did right. Me, me and my old, before I started my own company, my old co-founder, Uh, sorry my old founder he's you know it's a joke we just get as much wrong as we do right it's just the stuff we do right was different you know so it got us that far because we think uh think differently ultimately um you know so yeah I, i think if i'm looking at a particular mistake in the early days people have whether well, it's consciously or subconsciously and this is me being very open I think you it's very hard when you're young in your early 20s hiring people not to have recruitment bias and not to hire too much in your own image you know so then you know every. but again people didn't talk about it like they do now so you know it's very front of mind to be diverse and have a diverse team but as you as you build teams multiple times and again you might say well someone's a culture fit they fit into the culture they fit into the values they've even got a skill fit yeah but actually do you see them sitting with those people and collaborating working together no if i put that person in it's going to disrupt the the culture of the team so people don't often go that far so i think that you know that's something i learned you know is and still learning how to hire well recruit well Hardest thing is getting a team of people to fit together that don't know each other. Um, and lots of things you can do. Uh, but yeah, that, you know, that's a big part of it. If you learn fast, how to recruit well and train well will get you far.
0: It's 85% of your your management challenges go away. If you've got, a, if you can hire, well,
1: yeah, at least now yeah. easier said than done. Oh, absolutely. It's the yeah. best
0: thing when you see it actually working, when a good team is humming, it's yeah. such a rewarding thing. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's the best thing that I've done in my career is build my last management team.
1: Yeah, like, hell, but also as well, yeah. it's almost like that still has a period of time. What goes up must come down.
0: It does. Someone has
1: a someone has a peak. They need a new challenge. You know, I often look back at periods of time and go, oh, for that eighteen months, we had that team yeah. and that was great." But somebody leaves. You know, it can't. Yeah, it can't last five years or, yeah. you know. Uh, just different things happen in life mm.
0: it's just when mm. you know when the wind fills your sails and you're, you're sailing along at full speed mm-hmm. and all of a sudden something pops storm arises
1: <laughs> you know yeah yeah there's always something around the always something you around get the you get used to it after a while
0: <laughs> what are you working on at present Tom
1: um what you mean within the company
0: yeah what's big for you just, just now
1: um oh, well we took a 16.5 million like round of funding back in august so yep, you know, spending, been... yeah. yeah well it's interesting now mm-hmm. everyone's telling uh their investments to choose the jiminy model which is basically to be capital efficient and to you know still grow at a high rate but deploy your cash carefully and be generally be capital efficient which we've always been so um you know we, we always needed to catch the business up to be a certain size um, you know in terms of having the right team in the right spaces so for us really it's you know we've got hundreds of customers how do we get to thousands of customers how you know deliver on the mission you know and i think the whole conversation intelligence space is just scratching the surface in terms of what you mine from video and voice conversations and email and how you use that data um to self-drive a crm and to basically make uh teams better so yeah i'm really excited about what we're building next year i'm excited about the new people that are joining the team i'm excited in probably what it looks like an economic downturn globally that people will look to get the best out of their team so how can we help them do that so yeah i think when you pin all those things together you know really making that product better making our team better and helping customers teams get better that's a, it can
0: be a good place to be in right now I think mm. it could be a good for, for some people
1: yeah I think it's difficult like we I mean really open like you see lots of customers where they've renewed they love the product but maybe their team's 20% 30% smaller than it was that's a you know there's a lot of that I see in the market for sure it's
0: mm-hmm. a challenge if you're selling seats yeah
1: mm-hmm. mm.
0: what are you reading or listening to right now
1: Oh, do you know what? There's so much. Co- I was talking to my wife about this the other day. There's so much content out there now. I feel like almost the podcasts that I've subscribed to have become overload. Like, I don't even think I can listen to everything I want to listen to. There's so much content Double speed. out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, listening to your team sales calls, then you want to listen to your favorite football team's podcast, then you want to actually dive into something business related. So, um, what do I, I think regularly uh, I pick and choose which ones, but I listen to Diary of a CEO, I which see. is very popular. Um, whether you, you know when someone becomes that popular, some people are going to like them, some people aren't. But I do like his interviews with CEO CEOs, just you know, people who've been there and done it before and listening to their own experiences, mm. I think is very helpful. He's not always got that I see that persona in every interview, but when they do have like i think i listened to one the other day with the whoop you know the wearable band and mm. um, the ceo of that company which is really interesting so yeah i tend to 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 listen to other ceos or founders that tends to you know inspire me give me ideas make me think about things you know
0: that's I think, one of the reasons you listen to people like that it's the same reason you have friends it's to remind you that you and your journey is normal
1: <laughs> yeah of
0: course, exactly. <laughs> Is there something you might like to thank young Tom for
1: doing? Oh, I did uh, So I didn't think this at the time. Like if I went back in time, what I now? 10, 12 years ago, you know, selling the best salespeople I have worked with or work with. It's all. It's almost like a professional athlete. It's mindset, mm-hmm. you know. And culturally, you, you know, you don't do these things right in a business because you're um, you're working to support teams, stuff like that. But you come in, doesn't matter what happened at the weekend, what went on at home. You can park it at the door, and you just start. I'm in work mode. There's only there's a very few amount of people that can absolutely block everything out. And just say, I am focused. This is what I am doing now for the next eight hours. And it, I don't think about anything else. Yeah. And that, that's the whole thing. And then, you know, sales, we all know BDR, SDR, how many no's you get, you know, <laughs> loads, you know, just the resilience and the mindset to pick yourself up. And then there's the whole thing, mindset mentality of being, are you externally motivated? Are you internally motivated? Can you internally motivate yourself? Because, you know, a lot of the guys out there that play for England, there's probably more talented people out there when they were younger, but they've got the mindset and the mentality to go, right, I'm going to do this. So again, I, you know, I think one of the things I'm thankful for is I definitely wasn't at 24 the best enterprise salesperson out there, without a doubt, but I could close deals with Vodafone and McDonald's and Aviva or whatever um, because of my mindset and because of my mentality and because I believed what I was selling them was the best solution for them. So I put a massive uh, part of a success down to that, but not even realising it almost at the time it was happening. Um, you know,
0: yeah. How would you describe that mindset? I mean, we, we say, oh, you need it's all about mindset. Yeah, but which one? The, the, the crappy one that says, oh, my mindset is to stay in home and med- in bed and eat cake. It's not a good mindset. What was, you, what was your positive
1: one that helped you? A few words. Well, I think it's just uh, the, the blocking that everyone has, well, people call them different things, voices in their head. Self talk, you
0: your positive yeah, self-talk. self
1: talk. Yeah, you just don't mm. listen to those things. Just not there. You just ignore them. You push them to control your mind. Mm. You know, people know way more about it than me, but, you know, it's controlling your mind to go, well, I'm going to focus on these things. These are the most important things. Having a, a a goal or a um, target that just, you know, whatever you do, nothing's going to stop you from getting there. You know, that's just the way uh, you need to be. You know.
0: Okay. Okay. Seems to have worked. <laughs>
1: I'll let you know. I'll let you know the outcome in a few years.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And then lastly, as we wrap up, Tom, what are your mm-hmm. coordinates? How can people find you?
1: Oh, easy. Um, uh, LinkedIn, you can just find me, Tom Lavery, Jiminy, J-I-M-I-N-N-Y. If you want to talk directly to the team, you can go to the website, book in the chat. Um, but, yeah, if you you can find me. I do tweet, and I look on Twitter, so Tom Lavery 7, or, yeah, just hit me up on LinkedIn.
0: Lovely. Tom Lavery, thank you very much indeed for joining me.
1: Absolute pleasure, Paul. See you soon.
0: That's a wrap. Thank you for joining me today. Your homework, subscribe and share this with a friend or colleague. Please leave your five-star review and any comments you have because that really helps me to improve every day and it helps people to discover me online. If you want to upgrade your leadership skills in 25 minutes, you should check out practical-leadership.academy.